create with France Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney and we are on episode 181 and today we are going to talk about the fear and anxiety and panic attacks that come when we fly in an airplane. And who could be the best guest if not Victoria and Spencer Kibble? That is my guest for today. And I do hope that I have pronounced everything correctly, Victoria. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, friends. And you have. Thank you very much. I do have a rather long name. So please call me V. That's why the symbol is behind me, V. Okay. (laughs) So if I forget this very lengthy thing, it's not part of my age or anything else. It's just a very long thing to remember. So Victoria and I have known one another for a few years now because she's also an RTP practitioner and she's also Mike Mandel Erickson and hypnosis graduate like me. So we do use hypnosis, but also Victoria has worked for many years as a flight supervisor and she has a wealth of experience to share with us from a mental health point of view and any other point of view you would like, practical, etc. when it comes to flying. Now, I've done about... I think I lost a count, I'm about 160, 170, no, I think I'm almost 200 flights now because I'm actually counting. <laughs> and um, when I sit in an airplane, I'm like, yeah, this is safer than a car and I just go. But a lot of us are actually quite worried about going inside an airplane and they think, wow, what can go wrong and then I'm going to be stuck and eventually this can lead to anxiety and to the impossibility of sitting in an airplane especially when we have a particular hidden disability, condition or disease that makes it really difficult to feel relaxed in an airplane. So I want to tackle all of them. We're going to tackle the symptoms that come with these problems and then we're going to go delve inside how we, we manage all this stuff using NLP, coaching, hypnosis, mindset changes and shifts that Victoria will be talking about. And of course, in the end, as usual, as we have a tradition here in the show, we are creating our life as we want. So we want to use two, maybe three good tips that Victoria will share with us. So stay with us until the end to hear what we can do so that we can travel. And I know that Victoria loves traveling, just like me. So tell us, how did you get into this field? Tell us how we go into this field of flying. Off you go, it is all your time now. Thank you, Franz. What a wonderful uh, introduction there. Yes, I do love to fly. Um, Unfortunately, my flying career uh, was nearly nigh on 14 years. I started flying in 1996. Unfortunately, my first husband passed in 2009, and that's what ended my joy of flying. Uh, But it's also the reason why I then went into teaching and then went into being a clinical hypnotherapist and a rapid transformational hypnotherapist as well. And of course, Milton Erickson method is a game changer in how quickly we can help people. And at the end of the day, friends, you and I both know everyone wants, everything is time consuming at the moment. So we want everything rapid. We want it instantly, as quick as we possibly can. So I take great joy in gifting people the ability to fly. I love it, um, but I've also, because I've been in that role where I started as temporary crew, then cabin crew, then senior crew, then a flight supervisor, I've been through all the ranks on board the aircraft. So there isn't a lot that I've not come across. 
including medical emergencies and actual emergencies as well. And I'm actually in the cabin, remember, as well. So I'm not in the flight deck where they're perhaps dealing with what they need to deal with. I'm actually dealing with the passengers who do have that flight anxiety, who do, who do feel trapped, who as soon as you close the cabin doors, they want to escape. Well, in my mind, we're escaping to somewhere wonderful, but in their mind, see how their thought, they've attached an emotion to that thought that I can't now escape because I feel claustrophobic, I feel stuck. What if something out of the blue happens? What, what if something bad is about to happen? The what ifs that come with flying is prolific, especially post COVID times because we've gone from being stuck on the ground, in that, trapped in our own homes as we felt, and all of a sudden we've been gifted this freedom, the freedom to fly. It's a wonderful thing to explore, this beautiful Mother, mother Earth that we live on. We've been gifted back that ability to travel, whether it be by plane, train, automobile. Cruise ships are really popular at the moment, and I am a part-time swimming teacher once a week to primary schools. It's how I lost my first husband, I lost him to the ocean. So being a, a swimming teacher is really important to me because it's a legacy. So I've been on many an expedition boat as well. So I get it from all aspects, but mainly from my flight supervisor's role. So when people get on board, we are, what people don't realise, we are trained within an inch of our lives to save every inch of your life. Let me say that again. We are trained as cabin crew to within an inch of our lives to save every inch of yours. Safety is always our priority. Yet people who have flight anxiety, who get super stressed about anything to do with flying, anything to do with stepping outside that front door to get in, in the taxi, to get into the airport, to get into the train station, to jump in on the plane, the train, the cruise ship, wherever it may be, They've attached a thought in their head, it has come through, and they've attached an emotion to it. I'm all about getting behind the stress that is behind that emotion, especially if you're carrying an autoimmune disease, which is an invisible illness, a, a hidden disease. I have one myself, I have underactive thyroid, so I understand it prolifically, because there isn't a lot that I, I, I never went through on board the aircraft. We, we deal with every scenario, but your safety is always our priority. And that's what we need to help people understand out there. With the three levels of uh, flight anxiety that I feel that there are, one is knowledge, that's the lowest level where people want to know, how does a steel tube get up into the air? How does it actually fly? Why does uh, turbulence occur? What? How, how long is takeoff? What speed do we go at? What about landing? That's where, when a lot of people, knowledge is wonderful. Once they get that understanding, they may overcome their fear of flying. Then you've got people like 9-11 we've got coming up, unfortunately, haven't we, France, where it, the day that they changed the, the planet completely, um, and to certainly change aviation uh, industry that I was in, I was circling on that awful day. I knew what was happening. Um, you know, we we then go through events. That's where somebody needs a little bit deeper help. Or we have the other uh, uh, level, which so we've got trauma, we've got event, and then we've got, uh, sorry, we've got knowledge, we've got event, we've got trauma. The trauma 
it's actually nothing to do with the flying. And people don't realize that. Uh, so the emotion behind the stress, sorry, the stress behind the emotion that you feel about the fear of flying, about the aerophobia, the aviophobia, um, your flight anxiety is individual to you. And that's where we need to get to the root cause to really uncover it so you can simply jump back on a plane because a lot of the time people believe it or not the common age for fear of flying to kick in to start freaking people out is 37 so there's something that triggers it so a childhood belief a habit of thought and overthinking a story that possibly isn't even us is cemented in, into our belief system when we're a child and then it gains momentum. Um, and then sometimes, like when we have children, we've got that responsibility gene that kicks in. We're all of a sudden, and we're in charge of our whole family. See how that makes me react there. I literally had a hiccup there where, because I'm in charge of my whole family, my whole family in this steel tube, yet I'm the perfect person to ask about the safety because it was my priority to make sure that you were safe at all times. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And that's a lot of information. But <laughs> you guys listening, can you understand that fear of flying is not fear of flying? So just no, having exactly. a sedative, just going on anti-anxiety medication, it's not really addressing what's actually going on. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Franz. As you and I both know, Xanax, diazepam, Valium, all um, antidepressant drugs or uh, drugs that will help you numb that feeling um, so you can actually step on board the aircraft because it's stepping onto that threshold from feeling grounded to feeling up in the air um, because there's so many levels of fear of flying, whether it be the fear of heights, fear of claustrophobia, fear of the dark. People don't realise that. They they don't want to do dark um, night flights. Uh, fear of the unknown. There's so many levels to it. And it's so it isn't necessarily the fear of flying that is actually the emotion, the stress behind that emotion that's causing them to fear it in the first place. That's where I come in because I know I will go deep into wherever we need to go to using whatever tool, because I use a blend of tools to get you to fly again and fly with that flying confidence that I have. I'm not asking you to sing and dance on board an aircraft. Leave that to the cabin crew. They love a bit of that. Uh, I used to love it as well. Leave that to the cabin crew. But to be able to fly just opens up your world completely. That makes a lot of sense and it's so you know important to understand that we need in our life sometimes when we can just have fun and enjoy ourselves and what's best you know than traveling and for some people the travel is being in an airplane for other can be traveling maybe through a channel tunnel here in england and go to france maybe to calais and for other people there is also the fear of being in that tunnel but I see from my clients and friends, there could be the fear, the same fear of flying could be also a fear of something else. And it could be about going into the tube in London, about being stuck into a car. Great, great point, France. I've actually seen this many, many times where 
let's use the tunnel. Uh, I've just recently been on the Eurostar and it wasn't a nice experience because there were delays on that day, unfortunately. Um, but people, if you overcome the fear of flying, you'll tend to find you overcome the fear of the tunnel as well, the Eurostar, just purely because without a doubt they're interlinked. Again, with driving confidence, um, if people don't like motorways, for example, it's because they've got the fear of something coming out of the blue, something bad will happen, catastrophizing the what ifs. Um, so they'll actually increase their driving confidence. So they get secondary issue recovery, as I call it. So they can overcome their fear of flight and their flight anxiety and actually overcome their stress of driving on, on a motorway or a dual carriageway or a highway over in, in the States. I've seen it many, many times. So it's really important, as you and I both know, metaphors, here's the teacher in me, the metaphors are so important because we live by them. Loads of people do say those, what if something bad was to happen? Um, we need to start the day as we mean to go on. Uh, something might happen out of the blue. Those metaphors are meaningful in our minds. So what do they mean in our minds? You can't get that off a TikTok, a video, a book. We need to go slightly deeper. I'm not at all. I, I ask people to go and watch all the videos, do the courses, read the books, do all the podcasts because they're brilliant to give you knowledge. But if it doesn't help you and you still feel stuck and trapped and you can't escape, there's something that may be an event, i.e. 9-11 or something around that kind of trigger or it will be something completely different where it's got absolutely nothing to do with fear of flying. Yes, and that's the thing. I love courses and everything. I've learned so much from books and I was always able to apply a lot of the things, but sometimes we can't get out of our own head and therefore we can't see our thoughts from what, what we really are and we can't see from a, another point of view. So we rationalize and justify, oh, but I'm like this because whether with another person looking from outside, it doesn't have the emotional bias that we have. We have to have this cloud of bias because we are inside ourselves, so we can't see beyond that. But another person will say, how about this? And just like one of my clients was saying, yeah, um, I was so confused and now you connected all the dots. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of people, as soon as they sit, put that seatbelt on, they will look around and we are trained as cabin crew to notice these people. We are trained in body language and we've got 43 muscles in the face. Each one will give an emotion away. Each one of our digits gives away whether you're worrying, for example, think about it. Children suck their thumbs. That's the worry digit. So if you see somebody fiddling with their thumbs, you can go up to them and just simply say, are you worried at the moment? What? How can I help you? Uh, we are physically trained, but they, when they are sitting in their seat, and waiting for the plane to take off, they're starting to look around because they feel alone, they feel isolated, they feel scared, they feel nervous, they feel frustrated. They can't understand why nobody else is feeling the way that they are doing, how they are feeling. And it all start, starts with that thought that we attach an emotion to, and that emotion then runs a feeling all through our body. And that can be from the, I can't, I, my heart rate is racing. I can't breathe properly. I've got tingling in my toes. I'm worried about thrombosis. 
um, I've got a headache, a migraine, I, I can't see out, out the front. Uh, so all of a sudden their vision goes blurred, their ears start popping, they don't know how to handle that. There's so many tools and techniques that we are gifted as cabin crew. We're there to help you, so please, please, please ask. People who fly, we fly because we love it. So, and we have friends and family to come back to as well. So we're going to make sure your safety is our number one priority. Safety first, always. If I could show you my safety manual and how I was drilled once a year to learn everything in that safety manual, I don't know an industry that is so prolific where we get briefed before a flight. And if you do not answer your questions correctly, then you can get offloaded, i.e. sent home and another cabin crew member is called off standby. That's how, how important your safety is to us and the safety checks we do before and after a flight as well. All the safety equipment is there for a reason because if we do have a medical emergency on board, let's say we've got somebody with an autoimmune disease around their heart, i.e. they have inflammation around their heart, now put them in a steel tube and they've got a little bit of anxiety because they haven't done it for a while, i.e. post-COVID. So now they're starting to panic a little bit, starting to get the hot sweats, starting to, beads of sweat start to run down them, they'll start to get the hot flush. All the equipment that is around you in the overhead stowages, and I do apologise if it's above your seat when you get on board and you've got nowhere to put your bag, but it's all really important medical equipment and emergency equipment as well. We know where all that emergency equipment is, so we can get to it instantly. I don't know anywhere that we go where we've got all that medical equipment around you so we can help you with that heart condition. So we can put you on portable oxygen because we know exactly where the nearest one is. We are trained in first aid. We are trained in the safety emergency procedures. So if anything regarding uh, procedures, uh, i.e. an evacuation, a decompression, anything like that, again, we know exactly how to deal with it. I don't know any other industry that works like that, if I'm honest. Yeah, maybe the astronaut industry will be... <laughs> <laughs> spacecraft will you know they're going up to the moon one day they will have to develop huge protocols so if you can see there's so much preparation to deal with everyone and it's so illogical to have anxiety about such a place because actually we are much less prepared when we go into the car because you know we might be texting while driving being drunk and not me <laughs> but um People sometimes catastrophize and, and of course our reticular activating system will be super busy in, in getting all the information, focus on what we are worried about instead of focus on what can be going well in a trip, in a holiday or even in just a trip from A to B. I'm, I wanted to delve a little bit more into a comment you made offline when we were chatting about the podcast and that was about having these invisible diseases they might make it really tricky for us to get into a car or an airplane because nobody knows we have the issue, we know. Yeah. So can you expand a little bit on that? Okay, 
We have a, pan, a, a passenger manifest on board. So the majority of the time, if you have upfront told us about something, we will know where you're located on board the aircraft and we'll know the condition that you have i.e. Uh, autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, you may walk on uh, with sticks. Of course, instantly we can see it, so we can help you, but the inflammation around your joints, because you are, are in a compressed steel tube, compressed air, it's pressurized because it has to be to fly, you may find that your joints actually, the inflammation flares up. So because we know where you're sitting on, on board the aircraft or you actually press the call bell and call us to you, again, we've got medical equipment around us, tools and techniques that we can help you to make you so comfortable so you're not out your comfort zone, so you trust us, so you feel safe because those are big things. People feel out of control. And of course, you have, of course will carry your own medication with you. Uh, there's a time definitely for medication and there's a time for meditation without a doubt. So we'll do some breathing techniques with you. Um, or we are, Don't forget we are trained within an inch of our lives to help every inch of yours. The other thing that people at the moment uh, are finding hard is because I have Hashimoto's disease. It's an underactive thyroid. It is an autoimmune disease. I haven't got the typical symptoms that I am told that I should have, i.e. I should be a bigger lady. I'm a size 12 UK. Now, uh, th that's the reason is, is because I've dealt with the causes behind that. My causes were when I was carrying my children, both. I've got two children, Ben and Georgia. With Ben, I put five and a half stone on. With my daughter, I put six on. The doctors diagnosed me with Hashimoto's disease. That's a common thing during pregnancy, by the way. But in my mind, and this is my root cause, is I was carrying the most precious cargo I could ever carry. Why wouldn't my body protect those babies? I wanted those babies so much. Um, and they, have, they are my world without a doubt. Uh, so... I understand that I don't need to carry that weight because I'm not carrying those babies anymore. Well, I am physically with monetary wise and also looking after them and feeding them still, but I'm not physically carrying them in my tummy. Does that make sense? So I don't need to carry that extra weight. But what I can say that I do still carry is my thyroid is, a, my body is attacking my thyroid gland. So I take thyroxine, it's a hormone, a replacement hormone, but my heart rate is low. That's actually a good thing the majority of the time. But if, for example, something triggered me to have a panic attack, and let's say it was on board an aircraft, my, for me to have a heart rate that was boom, 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 you know, really rapid, that would be unusual for me. How scared, how terrified, how frustrated, how out of the blue would that be? And again, if I've, you can't physically see that autoimmune disease on me, unless I've told the cabin crew, they can't help me. So please, they're, they're more than happy to help you. When I used to fly, we used to do such a service, like you wouldn't believe it would be. Uh, you probably remember the days, France, where we um, gave a 
a piece of rock out for takeoff. So a sweetie for takeoff, then hot towels, then drinks, then another drinks, then a hot meal, then clearing, then duty free service, then a, another drink service, then hot towels again. We never stopped when I was a hostess. Now their surface is very much relaxed. So they have the time. They are taking the time for customer service to make sure that you feel in your comfort zone. So you feel safe. And again, going to a, again, an autoimmune or a hidden illness. Let's go hidden illness, invisible illness. Anxiety can be hidden, can't it? It can be there and you can be a big butt, butch strapping, you know, rugby player on board an aircraft. And I'm thinking of a particular client right now. He came to me for a fear of flying. He was an international rugby player. It wasn't till we got to the root cause of why he felt trapped all the time. And it was because he was born a twin. And as he was born a twin, he was put in an incubator with his said twin. Unfortunately, his said twin passed away. So every time he was in a steel tube, a trapped, isolated, confined area, he had the fear of death coming upon him all the time. Does that make sense? So this guy, had carried it, it had been triggered when he got back on board an aircraft many years later. He'd never put that association to that root cause, but it was there and it was there prolifically. Now that guy uh, is flying all around the world, playing internationally at such a high level as well. And his teammates can't actually understand why they can't take the mick out of him or rib him anymore on board because he's over his fear of flying because that would never be in a book, a course, or a TikTok, or a, a YouTube video, because it's personal for him, it's trauma, isn't it? Uh, and that root cause is his root cause, his story, his misbelief, probably somebody else's story that he didn't need to take on himself, but through repetitive thinking, through attaching an emotion to the thought, through gathering momentum over the years, that then was the symptom that, exposed itself as fear of flying. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. And that was very <laughs> good. Thank you so much for explaining that. It's so helpful, I hope, for you guys listening to all this stuff that goes on on the, on the back, what happens in our mind, in our heart, in our body, what happens in the environment is all for our safety. So it is good to, to know a lot more. I, I learned a lot. So thank you so much. And um, we have very, very few minutes left, but I would love for our audience to get a couple of tips from you, um, probably one or two if you have, about how to tackle this anxiety. What is the first step that people should do if they realize they're anxious about traveling in whatever way, any way flying? Okay, so if we're actually on board the aircraft, straight away, if you've got a thought passing through, just like a cloud that you're just about to pass through in the sky, if that thought is a negative thought, I want you to do the three H's. This is a V original, by the way. The three H's, I want you to halt, hover, handle. Halt, I mean, you want to halt on that thought. Think about it. Hover over it right now. Is it real? Is it true? Do I need to, to hang on to it? Then you get the choice to handle it. If you use the three H's, that instantly can reduce your anxiety can gift you that flying confidence that you deserve to have. So the three H is number one. Uh, number two, I would definitely have breathing techniques that help you. 
if you have something like I do Hashimoto's disease and it affects your heart rate because the lungs and the heart work so well together if you reduce um, sorry if you um, empower your own breathing technique you will reduce that heart rate so you feel calm and relaxed so you go from fight or flight over to that rest and digest i.e stress and anxiety over to the uh, calm relaxed and confident state of mind one nice easy one is look at the flight deck door it's right in front of you it is a rectangle in your mind you can draw around that rectangle and draw across it so you breathe in through the nose for four, out through the mouth for eight, in through the nose for four, out through the mouth for eight. And you're literally drawing around that rectangular door that is right in front of you that you can stare at. Nobody knows you're doing it, do they, France, at the end of the day? But by breathing in through your nose, you're actually breathing in filtrated um, uh, air that is going through the aircraft because that's what our noses are for and then you're expelling the longer the exhalation is the more it reduces the nervous system it calms it right down and you're also using the mouth to excel the carbon dioxide that we don't need in our body uh, and using it where we breathe in strongly through the nose this is a swimming teacher in me right now we get all that oxygen is delivered via the vagus nerve to all our um, organs throughout our body. It actually, to a point, can make you feel tingly in your fingertips, which is a good thing, and tingling in your toes as well, because you've got oxygen flowing all the way through your body that actually makes you feel more calm and relaxed as well. So that's number two. Number three, uh, takeoff. Lots of the people don't like takeoff. They don't realise as soon as we're actually on the runway and about to take off, depending where you're flying from people, passengers, uh, it'll take between 60 to 90 seconds. There's a lot that you can do in 60 to 90 seconds to take your mind off the fact that you're about to accelerate. Put the trust in the cabin crew, in the flight deck to actually do their job. They can't do yours remember please remember that they are trained prolifically to do their job allow them to do it so 60 to 90 seconds what can you do for 60 to 90 seconds to actually take your mind off something it can be a crossword it can be a puzzle it can be a game on your book on your phone it can be reading one page you will see how quickly you can waste those 60 seconds instead of wasting it on a thought that isn't actually real, that you're not attaching an appropriate emotion to that will eliminate the feeling throughout your body that you ha don't have that dropping sensation, that knots in your stomach, that feeling sick. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense and very useful. And I would say with anxiety and panic attacks, what counts is not positive thinking, it's accurate thinking. Accurate. What's actually going on is all here. <laughs> so... What is actually happening? So we're out of time, so we really have to close, but I, I would love to know where we can find you if you want to ask any more questions about fear of flying. Where are you? Okay. 
Well, I have a Facebook group. It's called, let's get this, I love an acronym. So my company is called Bass Therapy because my name is Victoria Ann Spencer-Kibble. It's rather long. So I decided to go with an acronym of Bass Therapy. Basque actually means to cleanse or wash. So it was meant to be, let's say. Uh, you can find me on Bass Therapy. I've also got a Facebook group called the Fear of Flying Emotional Support Group, FOFs. I like it. It's an acronym. I love an acronym. There's a teacher in me. Join my FOFS group because I will. I do lots of videos on TikTok it, within the group over all social medias, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. Those are all my socials. Join the uh, FOFS group and I get, give lives every Wednesday at five o'clock. Ask me anything about any invisible illness that you have, anything to do with flying or traveling because without a doubt they're interlinked you can find me on that fof so i will i will let france have all um, my links for this as well and then i have a three uh, a free 30 minute discovery call if you do feel that you fit in the criteria that i tend to help with which is not necessarily with your knowledge there i would tell you to go and listen to love fly which is a podcast by paul tizard amazing i'm episode 108 on that one amazing um to help people who want to know knowledge uh if you're the category of either you've been through an event turbulence yourself or 9-11 affected you that's where you can jump on a free discovery call with me for 30 minutes or there's a trauma you basically don't understand why you've got the fear of flying those are the two that i really like helping with because i'll delve deep and make sure i gift you that wonderful uplifting feeling of flying confidence so that's kind of me wow so you guys i hope you are taking notes and you can look when we post the video all the links and tags and whatever you can look up everything so thank you so much victoria from for your presence in our podcast here thank you so much for having me fancy it's been an absolute blessing honestly uh, another way that i say it to people as well because my acronym is basque Aspie, I'm V. So Aspie, you've got any so questions? Got I know, ask, I love it. It's just a twist on words. I love a twist on words. And how often do we twist our words uh, that we attach a, a meaning in our mind that not necessarily we need to hold on to? So if you have any questions, please ask me. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for being to our show. Please make sure you share this episode with anyone who suffers from flight anxiety. Share, like, click, reviews, and you can contact me or V <laughs> to ask any questions. So anytime, feel free. The consultations are free anyway. So happy flying, everyone, and take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You have listened to Create with Frank Sidney.